In any class or practice, your ability to connect with your instructor is vital. How often do you find yourself connecting with your instructor? How about finding an instructor who goes above and beyond to make their practice as inclusive as possible? Welcome to another episode of Long Beach Locals, the only podcast in Long Beach that highlights local businesses and the people behind them. When you enjoy this episode, please like, subscribe, share, and leave a review. This podcast is brought to you by Active Life. I'm your host, Justin Mosley, and today our guest is manager of Vera Yoga and master yoga teacher, Beth Gathman Landini. Beth, thank you, thank, so, thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, happy to be here. <laughs> Can you share the story behind the creation of Vera Yoga and your vision for bringing together inclusive and supportive practices? For sure. So I think first and foremost, as a collective of teachers, we wanted to create a space that was not just welcoming, but that celebrated who we are. And we've all been teachers for so long that we had so many experiences in a yoga studio, in a yoga setting where we felt excluded and we didn't feel welcome. And based on those experiences, we wanted to make a place where people could really walk in the doors and feel from the moment they walk in like I am part of this, I'm part of this community, I'm embraced here. And so that's what we created. And I think other than that, first and foremost, we wanted Vera Yoga to be a place where you can come, you can practice, and your practice doesn't end when you walk out of our doors, that it's part of your real life and that we're part of your real life too. Right. Yeah. I've definitely heard some conflicting things about when you say like the practice doesn't end outside of being in the room, yeah. everything on the mat. How important is that? practice outside and off the map. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's paramount. I mean, I think for most of us that teach at Vera, like that is why we're yoga teachers. I think if you ask anyone who teaches at our studio and probably most of our students, like yoga saved our lives. Um, it didn't save our life in a yoga studio on a mat. It saved our life in the real world uh, where it actually counts. And what we learn on a mat in a yoga studio you can do, we say this all the time, you can do a perfect triangle pose, right? Like your alignment is perfect. You're like every single muscle is engaged, right? You full extension. And if you're a jerk to your barista, then yoga is like not working at all, right? right? Like then yoga is not working. Uh, your practice should help you be able to like carry your groceries. Your practice should be able to help you wait in line at the DMV. Your practice should help you, you know, make peace with the things that are difficult for you. And so we make our classes kind of a training ground for people to practice those things so that when they leave, it's like their practice is just starting. Right. That's really cool to think about. It's like they're coming in to prep for that reality of real life of all the obstacles that are going to be thrown at them. Right, right. And that's a huge part of, you know, there's so many different challenging parts of yoga. You know, it's challenging to sit with your thoughts. It's challenging to do chaturanga. It's challenging to meditate. It's challenging to sit there and breathe. But challenge is part of life, right? Like discomfort's part of life. Challenge is a part of life. And so we're trying to make a safe space where people can practice being challenged in a supportive and safe way. And the more that you practice that, when you feel like, okay, I'm safe here, my nervous system is calm, I'm grounded, I can like be challenged and then rest. And you have a, a staff of teachers that support you doing that and you have a community around you that supports you doing that, then you're gonna get better at that off the mat, right? Like someone's always gonna be cutting you off. Like that's not gonna stop, <laughs> right. right? Like no matter how good you get at yoga, your kids are going to like, you know, be hyperactive when they've had too many popsicles, right? Like that's reality. You're going to have different conversations with your partner, difficult conversations with your spouse. Um, you're going to have moments where something really horrible goes on in your life or moments of grief, you know, um, when those things happen, 
our aim is to be where you've practiced, how you react to those things and how you respond to those things. And I, I think we do that very successfully. <laughs> I agree with you. Everything I've heard about Vera has been only positives and been fantastic. <laughs> um, how often are you giving your yogis homework? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything we do is homework. <laughs> everything we do is homework. You know, I, most of us who teach a Vera, we give what's called a Dharma talk at the beginning of the class. And, you know, a lot of times it's a story from our real life. It's a story of how we're practicing yoga in the real world. You know, I just told a story recently in a class where when I was in my freshman year of college, I can't believe I'm telling the story again right now. When I was <laughs> in my freshman year of college, I got invited to a bonfire in the woods. I went to school in, in rural Massachusetts and we got lost in the woods and we ended up having to have like a search and rescue party come and like get us out of the woods. Think about like a group of freshman girls like lost in the woods in the middle of like fall. Very standard mur uh, yes. murder horror movie. Right, right. <laughs> and we did like everything wrong that you're not supposed to do. And when the surgeon party, you know, surgeon rescue party comes to get us, they walk us five minutes to a main road that was like running all along the side of where we were lost. If we had just gone in one direction for five minutes, like we would have gotten ourselves out of the woods. Mm -hmm. And so I tell that story at the beginning of class to show people, you know, the message of the Dharma talk is if you just stay stick with something, if you just keep walking, if you just have that discipline of keep going, you'll walk out of your own dark woods. That's to help people remember when they're off the mat, when they're in their dark woods, there's the homework, right? Like, oh, I know this. I've heard about this. Like I've practiced this. I know what to do. I think that everything we do in yoga should be homework off your mat. Otherwise, why are you doing it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, great, you can do down dog, you know, if you're not present for, you know, a sunset or, you're not actively listening to a conversation, like then what's it for? Right, yeah. I agree with you. That's the mic drop right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As a master yoga teacher and doula, how do these two roles intersect in your life and how do they influence each other? Yeah, I mean, it's such like a humbling thing to be called a master yoga teacher because I would say I, I've been practicing since I was 15 and I've been teaching since like 2009 and I would still consider myself so at the beginning stages of both my practice and as a teacher, that said, uh, you know, I think I became a teacher because I had benefited so much from this practice. I had grown so much from this practice. It had helped me so much that I felt like it was my responsibility to pass it on. And when I decided that and I became a teacher and as a teacher of other teachers and as a steward of our space, my, the best thing that I can do is to be best in the world at supporting other people, right? To be best in the world about uplifting other people, my students, the teachers that work at Vera. And that's the same thing as, as being a doula, right? Like I have to educate myself on all of the options, all of the things that could happen and then step out of the way, right? Like my job is to empower whether I'm working with a client as a doula in a birth setting or whether I'm working with a student on a mat in a yoga studio, my job is to help them be able to do it on their own and make mm -hmm. those choices and be empowered. So it's almost like the same job in a way. Mm -hmm. It's just very different settings. <laughs> and there's not a baby at the end of a yoga yeah, class, right. <laughs> we hope. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's an interesting take because did you see yourself doing the two at any given point and seeing that correlation down the road? Yeah, I mean, I, in my previous life before I was a yoga teacher, I worked in sex education and HIV AIDS prevention and I traveled around the world doing that. 
Uh, so I always kind of knew that like my passion was in advocacy and supporting other people. And I think when I was younger, I was really tied to this idea of like what that would look like. And then as I kind of moved through my career, I was like being an advocate for people or having them advocate for themselves, being in a support role can look like a lot of different things, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to be big and flashy. And so when I s decided I was gonna teach yoga, I was like, this is where my heart is, you know? And that's just kind of evolved in becoming a doula and evolved in other ways. And it really is all kind of like the same thing in a lot mm -hmm. of capacities. Uh, yeah. That's a good answer. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Your focus is on offering practices that are affirming and inclusive. Could you elaborate on why this is important to you and how you ensure that inclusivity is maintained within your community? Like yeah. you said earlier, you said this is, seems like a responsibility. Yeah. I want to elaborate. It's a, it is a big responsibility. I think it's a responsibility that like no matter what we're doing, it still won't be enough. Like we could always do better. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there's so many things that we do want to do better, but I think that, you know, a lot of our teaching stuff are, you know, female bodied women identified people are queer people are, you know, different ages, different bodies. And I think we've all had experiences where we've walked into a place where the language, the energy, the vibe was not inclusive. And in having those experiences, you say like, I don't want to perpetuate that. I want to make sure that I'm educating myself and all of us have taken so many trainings and we keep taking trainings. Like every teacher that's on our staff is continuously educating themselves about how we speak and the words we use and how we represent ourselves. And even the sign that you see on the wall when you walk into the studio that says, we welcome all races, all genders, all sexualities, all religions that that all together makes a space that feels is safe and inclusive, mm -hmm. a space that's trauma-informed, a space where we don't use coercive language, a space where we respect how you want to identify. And we make that really clear in everything we do in our copy on our website, in our social media. Um, and I think that we want that because when you feel safe, you're going to do good work on your mat, right? Mm -hmm. When your nervous system is activated, when you're anxious, you're, you're not going to get the benefit of this practice, right? And we also want people to know that, like, this is a place you can come if you haven't felt welcome in other places, right? We want to be somewhere where if you've had a maybe a, not a great experience with yoga or you felt, like, a little marginalized in certain spaces, that you know that you can come to us and it's going to be really safe and really inclusive. Mm -hmm. And, again, we could always do better, but that's always at the forefront of, of everything we do. That was going to be my follow-up question was how – impactful do you feel like that is to your students i think it's really impactful i think it's really impactful we actually just had a recently a pride event and it was so great it was a mixture of people who identify as you know lgbtq it was a mixture of people who consider themselves to be allies and it was a fundraising event too and it's funny because i i'm a like a little bit of a perfectionist when i'm planning events so i'm of course, like focused on like the cadence of the event and, you know, do we have enough supplies for this? And do we have enough food? Is it a good snack mixture? How's the flow? How's this yeah. playlist? <laughs> and at the end of it, we were all sitting in reception on the floor, making our little bracelets. Um, we were making pride bracelets and you could just see that no one wanted to go home. Like we were there till 9.30. The event ended at eight and everyone just wanted to stay because they were like, I feel like I'm with people who see me right. and I can be myself. 
And I hear that a million times. I hear that all the time in, in lots of different capacities that it means so much to not feel excluded, especially doing something that's so vulnerable. Like yoga is a very vulnerable practice. And I think that if we can be that for people, if people can walk in our doors and say, I feel like I found my home here, like then we are doing our job. How does that make you feel to hold and create a space like that? So good. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, it, it feels it feels amazing. You know, it feels like I I was reflecting recently on like all the people I know and I realized I don't know at this point in my life if there's a single friend I have that I didn't somehow meet through yoga. <laughs> and it just feels good to be that for people, you know, like it yoga really does change people's lives. It really saves people's lives. I have the benefit and the privilege and the responsibility of seeing people at some of the worst moments in their life and some of the best and through years and years of someone's life cycle. And I have heard so many times, if I did not have this space, if I did not have this practice, I don't know what I would do. And like, that is a responsibility that I don't take lightly. And it is what has carried me through so many challenging moments in my own life to know like, no matter what's going on in my life, I can show up here for mm -hmm. these people. And that means like everything. I'm gonna cry maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you a second. You, you, that was a great answer. Oh, we've, we've all cried in that room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Being a mother alongside your professional pursuits can be demanding. How do you find balance and self-care in your busy life? I mean, I will say first, like I thought, you know, I think every person who practices yoga goes through like this phase where they're like, I've got it. Like I've, I've, I've ascended, like I'm such a good yogi. <laughs> and then I had kids <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm not really that patient a person. Like when you're doing second grade math homework, you're like, wow, I could probably work on my patients. Right. right? Like, so they're a constant mirror for me. They're a constant mirror for me in so many different ways. I mean, all the relationships in our lives are a mirror for us, right? Like every relationship is going to mirror back to you something about yourself that maybe you like, maybe you don't like. Uh, my kids are like this mirror for me of like, am I, is, is my nervous system calm, right? Like, am I being a sturdy leader for them? Am I being compassionate, right? And sometimes they reflect to me things that like I don't love about myself, like if I haven't taken enough time to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm having like knee jerk reactions to things they're doing, or maybe I'm not like being fully present with them. And it's probably the biggest impetus in my life to make sure that I'm taking that time for myself because like I can't be who I need to be for them if I'm mm. not doing that. And sometimes I know and I see women throughout their life cycle and I see so many of my students have kids or be in relationships. Like we have a, like an ongoing joke that like when one of our students gets like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, they're going to disappear for six months mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll come back. Right. And they'll be like, like. <laughs> that like if you are not being a little selfish, right. And it's not selfish actually to take that time to take care of yourself regardless of what that looks like, you're not gonna show up in your relationships in the way that you would like. Um, and if it's impossible for you to take that time, then that's a good reflection to be like, what do I need to change in my life? Because mm -hmm. your relationships are everything. So why are you not taking the time for the relationship with yourself as well? Have you been able to find an escape or outlet similar to yoga that was not yoga? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yoga is not 
like a panacea. You know what I mean? Like yoga shouldn't be the only thing you're doing. Uh, God, I hope that yoga isn't the only thing like my students are doing. Go for a walk, <laughs> you know, like go for a walk. Like, please, you know, sit on the beach and watch the sunset. Read a book, journal, right? Like these are things that yoga is the foundation, but it's not the finish, mm. right? Yoga is the foundation for doing all these other self-reflective practices, strength training practices, you know, being in relationship with people in your life. Uh, yoga is just the like what you build all those things on. I'm a, like an avid runner. I love running. I love being with my kids. I love sitting on the beach and reading a book of writing of art and I I hope that in having all those other things my students also see like oh she doesn't just only do yoga man would I be a boring person (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that in my own personal life of like oh all you do is work out all you do is stay in the gym and do the thing and I'm like no No. I I think I have a life I think I do other things like I go out to eat (laughs) yeah right that's a hobby (laughs) how has your personal experience as a mother influenced your perspective on yoga wellness and supporting others on their journeys? That's such a good question. You know, I think that we're all caretakers in different ways in our life, right? Like, if you don't have kids, likely in some other role in your life, you're caretaking. And yoga is such a benefit to you if you're gonna be in that role in any capacity, Mm -hmm. right? If you're caretaking, then you have to know how to be compassionate. You have to know how to be empathetic. You have to know how to listen. You have to know how to be in in constructive conflict. Um, And as a parent, I'm that way all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you ever wanna know if you're really practicing yoga, try to be the referee in an argument between your four-year-old and your seven-year-old on like, this one wrote a mark on my paper that I'm drawing on and now I'm in hysterics in my room and like, (laughs) Right, like <laughs> I have to referee that and hear both sides and like take it seriously and you know work it out with them or you know empower them to work it out with each other. Um, and yoga has given me so many of the skills to be able to do those things. Right, like to not be so reactive, to take a breath before I respond to things, uh, to be in a challenging experience, to be in conflict, to sit with uncomfortable feelings within myself. Mm-hmm. And all of those are skills that you're going to need as a caretaker or in any relationship in some capacity. You know, it's like I said, it's real life skills. It's real right. world skills. Right. Real world being it's all applicable. It's not just to be good at yoga. It's to be good at the other things. It just so happens that yoga gets us to this. Right. Right. Absolutely. Your journey must have had. Your journey must have included various challenges. Can you discuss a particular obstacle you faced and how it shaped your approach to teaching and healing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, and I said this before, but right, the the constants in our life are challenge, discomfort, change, right? These are things that are always gonna be present. Uh, There's always gonna be a challenge when you've gone through one challenge, there's about to be another. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would say, you know, one of the reasons that I have so many challenges in my classes is because of that, because you're going to face challenge, right? You better practice. Right. You better you better build that toolkit now because mm-hmm. it's going to show up if it hasn't shown up yet. But I think for me, one of one of my biggest challenges is I, I got divorced. And I remember like the day I found out that I was getting divorced. I had to teach two days later. And you would think like I would just call it off. 
But A, being in this community was so healing, even when no one knew that it was happening yet. But it also was an opportunity for me to practice what I preach, which is A, to keep showing up, right? You show up, and I didn't always show up as like rainbows and butterflies and unicorns everywhere, because that's also not reality, and we try to teach our students that, that you can show up and be sad, and you can show up and be in grief, and you can show up and be angry, and you can show up and deal with those things, right? And it also taught me a lot about healing because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, people come into that room with every conceivable experience that you can imagine, going through things I couldn't even imagine going through, right? And what healing looks like is not showing up happy every day. And what healing looks like is it's not a linear journey. And it taught me how to, it taught me more how to sit with people in their experiences, how to sit with people who are also in grief without trying to rush it away or push it away or change it for them and to just be there with them. Because so many people did that for me when I was going through my divorce and I was having those feelings. And the more I had people do it for me and the more I learned about being in grief, the better I was able to do it for other people. And that's monumental because that's my job, right? Yeah. I'm. If I've seen one person cry in Shavasana, I've seen hundreds of people cry in Shavasana or pigeon pose as it always is. And we as human beings, I think, want to like fix things for people. We want to fix feelings. We want to fix tough stuff right away. And yoga is really a practice about how do I actually just sit with that without trying to fix it and just let it be there and, and let that person experience that. And so many people did that for me and it helped me better do it for other people in that room. First, thank you for sharing that. You know, that's a, I appreciate you being vulnerable and being able to express that. The second thing, applauding you on holding yourself accountable on that responsibility because that is definitely one of the hardest things to do yeah. when you're seen as this light for so many other people and you still need to show up not even just for yourself anymore you're showing up for other people because you know what they're dealing with as well they may not know what you're dealing with but yeah. you're willing and open enough to say like i'm still capable of being here and it's my responsibility i'm holding myself up to the standard and you did that so that's an applaud to that. thank you i mean listen i i again consider it a privilege to be there and if i don't practice right if i don't walk the talk mm -hmm. right like i am the paragon of doing that and i think people have walked in that room right people show up on their worst days people show up on their worst days on their worst days they walk in that room looking for healing looking for support looking for safety looking for just moving their body mm -hmm. and getting out of their heads and I want to show up for them to be able to do that, right? Like, and yoga has been there for me when I needed that space, right? I don't take that, again, I don't take that lightly, that responsibility. I, I've taught on some of my worst days, like some of the worst days of my life. Mm -hmm. I've taught in that room and it's never been a mistake. I've never, there's not one single class I've ever taught in my life where I looked back and I reflected, oh, it was a mistake to show up that day. It was never a mistake. Mm -hmm. Even it wasn't always my best work. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. but, but maybe that it could have been seen as your best work to your students because yes. you showed up so authentically that they were like, this is exactly what I needed. 
And I know that to be true because there are so many classes or Dharma talks where years later, years later, someone will come to me and, and say, you know, I walked in that room on that day and this is what was going on in my life. Me, never knowing it as a teacher. And you said X, Y, Z. And that changed my life. Right? And a Dharma talk that I don't even remember. Right? It's one of those things right? like, I said that? that right. That's good. Yeah. Like, it was me? Okay. <laughs> right? How, how does that make you feel when people finally come back to you full circle and say, I remember you saying this to me and it stuck to me like glue? Yeah. I mean, honored. Honored, honestly. And I'm just, I mean, I know this sounds so maybe like trader cliche, but I'm so proud of my students and our students. Like, I am your biggest cheerleader, like years later, decade later, I'm still watching you from the sidelines with two pom-poms, mm -hmm. right? Like I am always looking to see you succeed. Like it is, means so much to me. And when a student comes to me and they say that thing, that moment, that practice, that teacher, that helped me, that changed me, that helped me move forward, that saved me, like, to even have one tiny role in that moment of their life, it's an honor. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very good answer. Can you discuss any upcoming projects or initiatives you have planned for Veer Yoga and your community? Yeah, I have such like a trick answer to this. <laughs> 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 always, yes. I am someone, as I think many of us are, there's always like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? And actually, I think a big moment for us right now is to not be another source in the world of like, here's the next big shiny thing, right? Cause like we we're in that kind of society right now where it's like, pay attention to this, pay attention to this, go to this, go to this, switch gears. This is not working, try this, try this other thing. I think our role is really instead of like, what's the next thing, what's the next thing is to be like, this is the thing, consistency, mm. right? Always when you walk in, your our doors, you know what you're gonna get. That consistency that you can show up here all the time and this is what you're getting and this is it, right? I think that's our thing right now is being that for people. Uh, that even when someone hasn't been here for five years, right? They haven't practiced for five years when they haven't gotten on their mat, when they've been being a parent, when they've been in a relationship, when they have a new job, that they're in their hearts knowing I'm gonna walk back in those doors. I'm gonna get back on my mat with those teachers. And I know that this practice is gonna be there for me, even if I forget where I went to the next shiny thing. So I think that's what's next for us is being that standard, that expectation. I know it's a tricky answer. No, that's a good answer <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's even is a power on its own to have consistency. Yeah. When you have people coming in years later and still coming in with and getting the same thing every time, which is just that support and that le level head and being able to leave there feeling better than they left and from when they walked in, you're holding up to that standard and you're keeping the culture alive. And you know what? Discipline is a word that gets such a bad rap, but we're lovers of discipline, right? Discipline is also this idea that even if you're not getting exactly the same thing, right? Like everything in your life isn't like a gumball machine or like I put in my quarter, give me the exact same thing every time. And we start to think of relationships that way as like so transactional, like this person should always give me exactly what I expect. Mm -hmm. This practice should always give me exactly what I expect. And like, yes, consistency in that respect, but really discipline is 
I'm going to keep doing this even when I don't get the exact same results all the time. Right. I'm not going to quit or stop just because I didn't get the exact same gumball that I got yesterday. Because in our relationships with anything, whether it's our relationship with yoga, whether it's our relationship with a person, a job, a thing, an idea, it's going to change. Mm -hmm. And discipline and consistency is being able to go back to that thing and no matter what you get from it to know that you can still go back to it you know i think that's like a profound idea in our society right now right i agree i think discipline is one of those things that we know we need it we know the benefits and the cost of action as well as the cost of inaction yes we know when it's there we also know when it's gone yep and that is the power of it and there's definitely other practices in the world especially via via yoga that implements it and tells you and reminds you like yes this is a thing that obviously sometimes we don't want to do but that's the discipline this is where we lean into discipline right and like the compassion comes in when you say to yourself i'm gonna show up even though i might be like a 10 percent today I don't always have to show up at 100%. My 100% is going to look different from day to day. But I'm still going to show up, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to show up and be compassionate to myself that it's okay if today didn't look like yesterday. And it's okay if tomorrow doesn't look like today. But I'm still going to keep showing up. And I think you know, yoga is one of these practices, as many things are, that it's it's present, but it's also preventative. You practice when you feel great. Because you're going to need it when you feel shitty. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't quit when you're like, you know, so many people are like, everything's good. I'm going to not practice now. It's like, no, no, no. That's 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 when when you you should be doing it. Right. right? Like, because where you feel like absolute trash, like hot garbage, (laughs) you have practiced. Right. And you you have that in your pocket. You know, right. It's it's really like I think that being that space for people that they know, like, I can come back here and I'm going to do my practice for those terrible days and for the good days and for the good <laughs> days. Um, I think that's part of what we're all about too. Right. Where can the listeners find you? Um, you can find us at www.virayogacollective.com. You can find us on Instagram at, at Collective, and you can find me on Instagram at Landini. Um, You might find mostly pictures of my children and I at the beach, but if you like a little bit of wisdom thrown in with pictures of cute kids, then you can find me there. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, thank you for taking the time to be here. And thank you for holding yourself to a standard of responsibility for showing up for the people who lean on you the most. Thank you. I had such a nice conversation. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so great. Were you nervous? I mean, always. <laughs> always <laughs> God. <laughs> like, Yes. But it's where you feel like absolute trash, like hot garbage, <laughs> you have practiced, right? And you you have that in your pocket, you know? Right. It's it's really like I think that being that space for people that they know like I can come back here and I'm gonna do my practice for those terrible days and for the good days and for the good <laughs> days. I think that's part of what we're all about too. Right. Where can the listeners find you? You can find us at www.virayogacollective.com. You can find us on Instagram at at Collective, And you can find me on Instagram at Landini. Uh, you might find mostly pictures of my children and I at the beach. But if you like a little bit of wisdom thrown in with pictures of cute kids, then you can find me there. <laughs> 
Becca, thank you for taking the time to be here and thank you for holding yourself to a standard of responsibility for showing up for the people who lean on you the most. Thank you. I had such a nice conversation. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thanks. Yay. Yeah. Oh, that was so great. We're